Well, this is another lounge around with Phil the Glass of Flixology 101. And here we talk about some more ridiculous movies, uh, whether that's horror or action and the origins of his particular website, sequels, and who knows what other shenanigans. So we'll do a quick advertisement here and then get on with the show. Hope you enjoy. Okay, there we are. So we have a man with a fresh beer. They have a fresh whiskey out over here. We have Ben Gardner in the background. And we are talking again with the master of ceremonies over at Flixology 101. Although I would give it more like a 401. I feel like you've, I feel like you've moved past 101. You're in the master class level now. Well, I'm, when I talk to you, yes. Because you know what you're doing. As I said, you're a natural with flexology. So I feel like we're like <laughs> 608. Hey, I, I, I have to say, too, uh, phenomenal job on that. Um, oh, thank you. Mausoleum. Right up. Um, very well written. Hilarious, funny, informative. Uh, I, think, I think that that particular article was just a blast. I, I don't want to talk shade about too many other sites or people out there or whatever, but I occasionally read some of these articles and go, you, you didn't really add much of your flavor behind just giving a synopsis that you could have just read on any, I don't know, back sleeve cover of a movie. And um, again, uh, I, I'm going to say, I find the, the stuff you've written, you know, there's far more personality and humor to it. And and that's the sort of the shit to me that I, I just love reading. I think you again do a spectacular job with all that. I hope you keep I keep I hope you keep doing it. It's it's this this uh this mausoleum is probably my magnum opus. I, I owe I owe a great amount of debt to you because again, you know, we talked about this before, but I'm like yeah, I think, what am I going to do next? And I think I was just thinking about it. And then on Twitter, we had the whole mortuary thing. And and I said, I keep getting that confused with the mausoleum. And you're like, yeah, that movie, that movie with the gardener. And and all of a sudden, I'm like, I know what I'm going to write. <laughs> because when it comes to content, you know, I th it's hard to get stuff out. Um and it's hard to figure out what you're going to do. And you have to be really passionate about the topic. And we all know you do some nightcaps and you're passionate about them. You know, and one other, you're on a subject, you're really, you're some, there's highs and lows. But Mausoleum, the energy I got from you and all that, that was so good, man. So thank you. Thanks for inspiring that. I, I really mean that. I don't, I'm not just saying that. I, I honestly laughed out loud some of those days. It just seeing the bring, bring back Ben, Jif show up and 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 it brought me no end of joy occasionally uh you know being stuck inside and having to work from home and do all that it was spectacular to see those show up um you know again very very funny to me in that regard and i would say um i i also horrendous like there's the one 
Wings Hauser with the switchblade where he kind of does this. Ooh. Every yeah, time like, I see like that. Blows a, he's like blowing a kiss to a switchblade. I mean, <laughs> this guy. Wings Hauser. I mean, I know we're going through um, some of the stuff we talked about, but you can't get enough Wings Hauser. And, um, you know, just, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of wonder if, if I put out the mausoleum thing. We we're talking about Wings Hauser. It's kind of like that old adage about comedy. You know, who cares if they get it or not? They're, if there's only five people that get it, they're probably think it's, it's more hilarious than if, you know, you're talking about something 200,000 people think is funny. So I, I feel like, I mean, I, I, I just, <laughs> Ben the Gardener guy, I remember seeing him when I was, I, I think we were all a little bit probably too young to be watching some of those rentals. And I remember this guy and being like, something bothered you know it just bothered me about this guy and it was just sort of the stereotypical horny gardener thing and then i remember it being i must have been probably when i saw that movie probably 13 or 14 or something and being like he's on the grave what what is going on what what is he fucking it's doing mind, it's mind-blowing and it's haunted me and and i feel like i've exercised some of my demons by, by writing <laughs> The the solved article. the mystery oh, solved. the investigation I mean, solved. I love you. See, your stuff is very like I I I tend to be very uh, verbose, but you're you're to the point. I mean, Ben equals solved. I mean, that's that's what I should have done. We got him. Done. He's done. Rat. That's a rat. We're done. Done. Great. Nailed in the out of the park. Oh, that's a great. That's, that, that's <laughs> that was that was so much fun. I don't know how I'm gonna. T- I'm gonna have to do something low key next, and then kind of build up to something else. All right, I, I have the, I have the, I have the potential cure for this. I, th- I think. Okay. Let's hear it. Um, somehow, some way, we have to rig it up, and watch, side out, as an episode, like get the drink pairing, like get the drink pairing. And we'll watch and review Side Out. Um, you know, I, I know a lot of people. They they have a thing now apparently on Amazon. I have not done this. Oh yeah. But yeah. apparently, if you go to the Amazon website for Prime Video, you can start a watch party. Right. So you would be able to get it just right synced up and whatever, and you could just tell people, well, hey, sure. here's when we're starting it. Maybe you can hear the audio in the background, maybe not. But basically, just tell people, hey, we're, like, we're watching it. And if nobody else watches along with us, that's fine. Uh, I I laugh my ass off just at that last sight. Like, no one else is going to get this. But I don't care because it's the best thing I've ever Doesn't seen. Matter. Doesn't matter. Side Out. Yeah, you know, I have not seen Side Out in so long. I was, I was probably a teenager when I saw Side Out. And when you mentioned it last time we talked, I was like, oh, my gosh, I got to go watch it again. It's been so long. So I, I was looking. I think I caught you on Twitter. I'm like, I can't find it. I, I looked. I swear to God, I looked on Prime. I, I looked. Back. You know, I just I just searched on Roku, Tubi, everything. And then all of a sudden, um, you're back. like, you're like, you're like, hey, let's, you know, you mentioned Side Out again. I'm like, dude, I can't find Side Out. And it, it, it was you brought it back. <laughs> that was the energy. Brought it's it back, back, dude. It's you see back. this head? You did it. (laughs) You did it. You did it. It's like freeze frame at the end of the movie. You know, we're jumping (laughs) in the air. (laughs) But yeah, so yeah, let's do let's do side out. I would love to do it. I haven't seen it in so long. I think it's like Courtney Thorne Smith is the love interest. You got Peter Horton. Yep. 
You got good old like we talking last time. Randy Stoklos and okay. Sinjin Smith, who were, I believe, truly legit. You know, they they'd be like Olympians. having a, yeah, yeah, yeah. They'd be like having a skating movie with fucking Tony Hawk or something in it. Yeah. Like, um, so uh, to rewind the tape a little bit, wh- where did you get the origin slash first initial spark? For Flexology 101? That's a great question. Um, I feel like it was probably a long drive. I think I was actually driving, and I think I was driving in the desert from like Vegas to San Diego or something. Like, I feel like it was one of those long drives. And, and you kind of, I think you would understand, I think most people would understand there's, a, there's an entrepreneurial spirit in everyone. I'm 46 years old, and this was, this was probably three, three or four years ago just thinking about this idea and and I was like hey you know like I always wanted to do a movie review site it's always been my passion um, when I was a when I was much younger I started writing a book in word perfect on you remember that program I don't know if you remember Which that version um, I was like oh my god six or five five point one yeah five or five. remember it had the little template you put at the top with the F yep. Yeah, yeah, you um, put the card. So, yeah. okay, yeah, hold, that, for hold that for just a second. No for those people who are listening to this who don't know what we're talking about, those programs, so WordPerfect, used to, when you ran it, you'd have a blue screen with a little white blinking cursor and then some little words at the bottom. And if you didn't read the fucking manual, you'd have no clue what the fuck you were fucking doing. So, number one, you had to read a book before you could actually use it. Number two... The book came with a cardboard cutout that you would stick over your keyboard so that your simple, feeble little fucking mind would be able to remember that F2 meant, like, save or whatever, right? And uh, it's come a long way since then, but the, the funny thing is, the funny thing is, I actually think if I was going to truly, in that regard, write something long form, those are the perfect applications to do it in. Because yeah. everything else got out of the fucking way. It was and it was just you and typing. And just yeah. type your shit and occasionally save it to make sure you don't lose it. And you were fucking good. That was it. That, that was, was it. Mag- a magical program. I mean, yeah, that template. It's like if you lost the, you lost that little thing, you were screwed, right? Oh, like, what I'm doing now. Like, okay, I got to yeah. buy a new version, which is like, right. you know, 60 bucks or whatever. But yeah, you so you so the wrong key combo and it fucking kills oh your wife God. and your house burns down. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so I, you know, one of those things. I don't think we ever, you know, I don't know if you're you're doing your dream job. I mean, we like to work, we like to make money, but I think we talked last time about like getting your dream job one day and kind of figuring out on the side how you kind of keep that dream alive. And I remember I would go to this place called Wolf Video and buy movies, and I'd tell the guy like I was important. I was writing a book, you know, like why is this like why is this guy always coming into Wolf Video and renting the or buying these obscure horror films. And, Why does uh, he keep renting Side Out? It, it's it was, not it's that good. <laughs> and I kept losing my copy of Side Out because everyone would, would swipe it. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so I knew, I realized that the movie, you know, the review thing's just been, everybody's doing it, like you said, and I, you, know, you need something, you need a hook, right? You need something different. And everybody, you know, I just happened to like, like beer a lot and uh, said, you know, let's 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 try something different. So, you know, why not? Why not start a website? 
had a long drive, thought about some ideas. I wrote down in a notebook all these pairings. Like it was all like the standard the horror films, Dawn of the Dead, Evil Dead, and like cocktails was kind of gonna be a big focus, but frankly, I'm I'm a beer guy. Like I need help on uh hard liquor and cocktails. So if you got if you have ideas, let me know. Let me know. Cause um I've I, you know, I'm I'm always looking for cocktails that have funny names and stuff. I uh, I like a lot of spirits, and I have yeah. a I have a great mixology book. For a little while, I used to near every party that I would go to, I would mix up something different, and would try to use different spirits and try to complement a little bit what the party was going on, whatever. Yeah. Um. I've since fallen up from that a little bit. I mean. At this point, my mainstay is pretty much just brown in a glass, whether it's scotch, rum, or bourbon. Um, the last, and, and, and I want to get back to you no, uh, talking about no, Flixology 101, but one of the last few drink, I'm going to call it a masterpiece, maybe a little bit more of a disaster piece, and I hope that guy doesn't sue me for stealing his word. <laughs> it It was these Christmas parties, and I have... I have a half gallon hip flask. So it's this massive fucking hip flask. And I made Christmas spirit one year for a Christmas party. <clears throat> and that Christmas spirit was based off of a drink recipe called, and I'm not joking, liquid crack. And uh, it's extremely strong. And so the following year, I tweaked it for flavor. And I included a Norwegian spirit called Zwack, which is a basically like the Norwegian version of Jägermeister. Okay. And somebody had a was my buddy's wife. She had a bad reaction to it, like an allergic reaction to it, and got all fucked up. And then the reputation was AJ's trying to poison us and kill us all. Don't drink anything he brings. And that was the end of my making fun drinks for everyone fucking career so well, i don't know uh maybe maybe there's a little resurrection kind of little theme little christmas theme the resurrection this was all meant to be like now christmas beer that sounds like that could pair with about a half a dozen movies so you know maybe we feature that in the winter time maybe a little christmas we bring it back yeah dude what do you think i mean it was uh it was good stuff. It was extremely strong. Um, I could probably have dialed back on the uh, st the proofage a little bit. Uh, I also used to make a, for a little while, uh, and this would go on to be a very long story. I don't really want to tell the whole story now. But I, I, I made a pirate punch that was based off of an actual recipe from a log book that pirates used to make. Oh and so I made, this, I made this punch in the summer for a buddy of mine's 4th of July party. And then, then it was, okay, well, you know, that's good, but, you know, maybe a little stronger or whatever next time. So anyway, that punch also turned into Nitro Land to the point where I had two jugs. Initially, I used gas can jugs and then upgraded later to a giant five-gallon fucking cooler. But it got to the point where the first one, there was strong, and then there was really strong. And... I had a warning on the thing. Like, I'm not kidding. This stuff is really strong. It goes down super easy, but it's really strong. <laughs> the very strong, just people were just slurping that down like no tomorrow. Oh. So then the next year, I got admonished. 
I got admonished. Why? That that was too strong. You probably should have they warned seem to people like it. better. Well, sort of the same thing. AJ's drinks just try to kill everybody. Don't drink that stuff. So, I made a sign. It was a skull and crossbones. It said, do not drink this. This is too strong for you. It will kill you. This is poison. No, I'm not joking. Okay. Do not drink. Ah, people were just pounding it down like no tomorrow. So I, I looked at the person who admonished me. I was like, I can't be any clearer about this. See, <laughs> See here's the thing. You knew what you were doing. It's like the, it's like the, you know, it all comes back to, <laughs> Maybe. it all comes back to Wings Hauser sauce. It's like you get the, you get the, you know, death sauce, you know, you, it's the curiosity. Like, it's like that, the guy, you know, that it's that one wing sauce where they'll give you like the, you know, t-shirt if you eat all the ghost pepper wings. It's the same sort of temptation that you were using. So, you know, you knew what you were doing. We're bringing this back. We're bringing it back. We're bringing uh, back pirate pirate punch. Bring back pirate Hauser <laughs> Buffalo Wild Wings back, Ben. Garden. We're gonna make. We're making that wing sauce. I'm gonna Some try it. That has to happen. I'm gonna try it. I don't know how to do it, but I saw online. Didn't look too hard. Just gotta put some stuff in a pot or something. Yeah, I mean, you gotta reduce, reduce some, uh, you know, like maple sugar, like yeah. But you, yeah. you know, it could be done. So back to your. So back to flexology. Yeah, no um, problem. So you had a road trip. You thought about it. Decided to do it. Wrote him down. Uh, thought up your first. Uh, so, what oh, was anyway. the, what was the, what was your? I don't want to say what was the first movie you reviewed, but more or less, what was the first one that you thought you were going to do, where you went, man, this is like, I'm really clicking with this. This one really just, this was perfect. You know, I was I was writing them down in the spiral notebook, and I still have it. And in fact, um, I had to go back to it. We did the uh, furology thing last night for Halloween, so one thing a day, and some there were some cocktails in there. So there was, you know, to me, I think the first one I wrote was Evil. So Evil Dead was one of those films I think we all watched when we were younger. And um, I don't know if you're a fan of the the film or not, or the, oh, yeah. all the films. Okay, good. Um, but uh, Evil Dead just seemed to be a natural one because the Necronomicon, you could call, you know, you call the cocktail the Necronomicon, you know, it's right. pages inked in blood, you know, like red, it'd be red, you know, I, so it was really Evil Dead was inspiring. But I guess what what ended up happening and, and I use that, I think, in uh, the whole purology. So those are just like snippets, not full articles. And I realized that. It's more fun to write an article about a movie that's not so great, you know. So, you know, we still love those movies. There's, they're not bad movies, but it's just more fun to write about movies that are, you know, a little bit shoddy, you know, a little bit low grade, but so much fun. So, that's when I, you know, like last time we mentioned, Contamination was number one because it was in front of my face on uh, it was one of these B channels, maybe uh, B Movie TV or B Zone or something like that. And I'm like, why am I not writing about this movie right now? Because it was just so good. I heard that, you know, when the music kicks in, when they see all the eggs in the warehouse. <laughs> I knew you were going to do that. See? I knew that was going to happen. It's like when you... <laughs> I see, I teed you up. We, didn't, we, don't, we don't rehearse this thing. No. We don't rehearse this. But 
Yeah, it's more fun writing about. Like, I think it's when I see a movie that I think I'll have fun writing about. Then um, I don't want to write about Evil Dead, frankly. I love the movie, but it's you know it's a great movie. It's and it's been written about a hundred thousand times. So yeah, something that's fun. Like, I mean, uh, I, I, yeah. I I I think that's a good I think that's a good point, and in that regard is very poignant. So yeah, to to write about. You know, to write about something that's, I don't know, fantastic or, or I don't even want to say revered, but like, look, okay, I, I love Halloween. I, yeah. I think it's one of the greatest movies ever made. But on the same token, to write a review about it, I would just get to the point of, I don't know what else I would have to say that hasn't already been said. I'm not really going to be able to inject too much of my humor or whatever in this because... I think it's expertly done. And so even the movies that, like you say, you know, they're not bad, but the ones where they're, they're fighting for it a little more in that regard. Like, you know, they're walking the line between, you know, maybe the actors not knowing their lines so much yep. or effects that aren't quite working out or whatever. And, and to me, it's the celebration of that, that they're, they're still trying to remake not remake. They're they're trying to recreate the feel of big budget production like yeah. that when they don't have that budget. Maybe they sometimes don't quite know what they're doing, and it's charming and enjoyable. Like, as a matter of fact, more charming and, and enjoyable yes. than it would have been if they had just done it. And you're like, okay, they you know the the kind of they kind of played the notes correctly, but I don't really like that song sort of thing, right? Like, right, absolutely. You know, it's like it's like when um, you know, to me, you know, I'm a B movie. I'm I am a B movie. I'm a B level human being. Like, I don't feel like, like I I don't relate to these these perfect you know sort of well produced movies. I'm not a perfect well produced person, so I really relate to the sort of shoddiness and production. So again, it's. I love those movies. They're not, I always say they're, they're so bad. They're good, but they're, they're good. I mean, don't forget that part. They're just, um, they're put together pretty haphazardly. There's a lot of heart, a lot of passion in those movies. They have really, uh, tight timetables cause they're, you know, the, frankly, they're exploitation films. So they're trying to exploit the success of these other big movies. Right. So there's a lot of mistakes that happen, but they're like, it's like beautiful mistakes. Like there's more beauty and imperfection than uh, there is in, in whatever perfection is. So yeah, it's, it's just fun to write about it. You can write about, I, I just wrote an article. I'm writing a draft uh, article on the movie pieces 1982, right? Like it, that's a great, I don't know if you've seen pieces, pieces. Every time I watch that movie, I can't help but think of Bluto from the fucking Popeye <laughs> yeah, movie. Smith. Paul yeah. Smith, dude. Paul Smith. Love that guy. Oh my goodness. He, he's he's great. But that movie, they didn't even have a script. And I know that's hard to believe watching pieces, but it's like they had a 30-page uh, spec script. It was supposed to be a made-for-TV detective movie or show, which is strange because if you've seen it, the content could never make uh could never make television. But I guess, you know, uh, Juan Picard Simone who directed just put everything threw everything in there. But they these movies they put together very quickly and they're just they're just fun and you can actually write about pieces a thousand times and not get to everything in that movie because there's so much there's it's just i i just got on you know it's like now it's like a three you know three thousand word article because i'm trying to point out all the the hilarity and the imperfection 
I mean, you could probably write forever. You could probably spend at least 750 words talking about how fucking on a waterbed is like the best thing ever. (laughs) Clearly, clearly, (laughs) none of you have ever had sex on a waterbed because it's fucking terrible. It's fucking awful. It doesn't fucking work. Don't try it. It sucks. I've slept in a waterbed. That's all I can say. (laughs) It was not that wasn't comfortable. It's not as it's not all it's cracked up to be. But yeah, but apparently smoking pot and fucking on a waterbed. <laughs> oh, that's so great. Like, you, no, there's no writer that would write that. Like, this well, it was, that was beautiful. Movie. Beautiful. I love you that know. movie. <laughs> oh, my God. And then the, he ends up, you know, and then, and it was in the training room. I like, the, the, the waterbed <laughs> was put into the training room. It wasn't even... What was it doing in the training room? <laughs> like, is that like you work out and you lay down and take a nap on the waterbed? Yeah, you lay down on a nice hot plastic cover <laughs> on the waterbed and get all fucking staff. <laughs> Everybody's yeah. got staff from laying on this hot, sticky waterbed that these yeah. Italian people are banging on, and it's just, it just smells like the wharf in there. And you're like, God I- damn it. They 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 had a waterbed in there, and then they had a, that uh, you know that big mur- stabbing knife murder on the on the waterbed scene. Great movie, and then the the best thing about pieces. Then we'll move on from that movie. Is is, is the 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 reason I love pieces is it is like the it is actually very well planned because it's they're basically pieces of all these different movies. So I think there's actually some in, some thought around the word pieces. They have every single exploitation film in that movie, including Bruce exploitation. So, like out of nowhere, it's just no Bruce reason Lee, for that. Bruce L E shows up. Lay. Bruce Lay. Bruce Lay. He shows up and attacks you know Linda Day George with kung fu, and then you know he gets hit in the the gonads by you know Ian Sarah's character Kendall whatever. And then he's like, Professor Lee or whatever, what are you doing here? Oh, I was just out for a jog and I had bad chop suey. I mean, that's brilliant. Like, you're not going to see that in a Hollywood production. He had bad chop suey. And that's why he attacked Linda Dage. And then he says goodbye. And that's it. Bye. Bye. And then he just kind of ambles off. off. He never seen it. There you go. He wasn't even like a red herring for the killer. You're like, that's not the guy. It's Bruce yeah, Lee. Just, we know who that is. That's Bruce yeah. Lay. <laughs> sort of like, you know, he was he was walking by on set and they were like, Hey, you wanna you wanna be in another movie? Uh yeah, okay. Uh, what's my I don't know. Just we'll just yeah. do something. Here, go actually, over there. Yeah, that's what happened. And action. The 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 producer, I think it's Dick Randall or whatever, I guess he was producing a Bruce a Bruce Blitation film and he said, Hey, why don't you why don't you come on set? We gotta fill some time up. Uh, but yeah, that's it's, it's that's why these movies you can just talk about endlessly and write about endlessly. You know, the ones that are really well done, they're good movies. Don't don't get me wrong, I like those movies too. But you can't you can't pick them apart because they're so well planned. You know, it's all all everything's done. Everything's so, done. So yeah. your the comment there about the walk on in these in in these sort of movies. There's a movie that in hindsight is not very good it's sort of a it's sort of a take on the 
uh, what is that? The uh, uh, Yojimbo, Yojimbo, yeah. the uh, you know playing Kurosawa. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's with Rutger Hauer. The movie is the movie is called Omega Doom. What? And apparently <laughs> that movie, I I can't remember how it necessarily happened, but basically he was like walking by in the studio or something, and it was like, hey man, you want to like do this movie and he's just like yeah okay and like i guess they just kind of like banged it out like real quick or whatever it's awesome it's i never seen this how have i never seen this movie it's crazy i'll never forget there's the uh a part like you know in the beginning something like you know you are omega doom you are an android like the others but you are different you have a purpose and then he goes on to do these various like I don't know. He looks like he's just walking around the same two blocks. I mean, the the movie looks like it was probably shot at the end of a neighborhood. And yeah, in that regard, it's not super great. It's kind of plotting and boring and whatever. But it's decent enough when you think about the fact that I think if you look it up, you'll. Have to, I, I can't remember how many. It it was shot in like this insanely short amount of time. Sort of like he was walking by, and they're like, "Hey, you just you want to be the lead? Yeah, okay." Bubble up, 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 and it's done. Like there you go, we made a movie. Like those are like, uh, you know, they're like penny stocks. You know, like they're just money makers. I mean, how much? I mean, these these movies. It's like the you know, Blair Witch Project. You know, was the big thing because it cost like thirty thousand dollars to make and it made over a hundred million dollars. So, like, that's the place to be. Like, if I would ever want to make a movie, that, that's where I'd want to do. It. If if Rucker Howard was walking by, I would I'd ask him to be in my movie. I mean, fuck yeah, I would. So, yeah, that, so has, uh, that has Shannon Worry and uh, Tina Cote, okay. who, you know, oh. were also in a lot of late night, oops, my shirt fell off uh, kind yeah. of movies. But, um, you know, it, it it's not bad. If you haven't seen it, give it a watch. I'd be interested to know what you think. Right. Uh, but you. I always think about that. I'm like, hey, you know, especially these low budget places, like if people are walking by and you're just like, hey, can you just duck in real quick and do this? Like... We just need you for this one quick thing to fill this in. Like, like you say, that's that's what's magic about it, right? But isn't that why we love those those actors too, like Rutger Hauer, like that they're not above the material. Like they'll just show up and they do their. They always try their best, you know. And and I think that's why you know. So this week has been really, I think, up and down week. Um, you know, dropped Mortuary uh, this week, so that was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed uh, doing that. A lot of good feedback on that. But same time, John Saxon died, and uh, that was that hit me. Did you just say March? Did you just say Mortuary? Mortuary. <laughs> I said Mortuary. <laughs> that was a Liam. standing right in front of him, <laughs> dude. I'm sorry, bro. Yeah, dang it, say it. That's see, it's legit. It's not a joke. People are like, "Oh, he's just making this stuff up." When you read my stuff, it's all honest. I'm a, I'm an honest person in my writing. I don't make shit up. That shit's true. Mausoleum was dropped. Yeah, and then uh, then but John Saxon passed away, man. Like, and uh, that was that hit me because he was like kind of the ultimate uh, validator of, of the cinema I liked. He was in everything and. He was never above anything, so I, I just love what 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 kind of which movies did you like from him? I mean, for for me, the always goes back to Enter the Dragon. 
which I I will never forget. I I, I can't. I, I wish I had kept it, but we had this little cottage, uh, sort of in this rural area, and there's all this random like there's like this little shelving unit full of just like I don't know old comics and just bullshit whatever right. And there was an Enter the Dragon, like, flip book. It was, like, about the making of Enter the Dragon. And there was a sequence of pages that you could hold and flip through. And it would show John Saxon and Jim Kelly demonstrating moves from the movie. And I thought that was the coolest oh, wow. fucking thing in the world. You don't have and that? Man, I wish I had kept that because this probably would have been worth a million dollars or whatever. Pretty much. Jim Kelly and John Saxon had both right? left us. Yeah. And I was always just like, oh man, you know, like sexy, smooth operator guy, right? Like, dude, he's fucking, he's badass. Like, I wonder if you could find that online. Like, if like someone was, if someone was selling that, and see if that that was still around. That would that would be awesome. Yeah, that was great. He was Roper in that. And I remember thinking, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, Jim Kelly was a badass and could, you know, he he looked like he knew what he was doing. John, I guess he did train and he was kind of, I guess I had read he was actually a, a badass. Like he could kick people's ass. People were kind of scared of him. But he, his kung fu didn't look that great in the movie, right? Like I, oh, I, yeah. I, for the longest time, I was like, oh, he was just an actor they hired. Because he was, you know, and they needed a, you know, an, an actor for that part, and they were just like, all right, do a sidekick, and you know, no, they're, you know, wasn't that great looking. Um, so that was. I, you know, I, I figure, I figure that's what happens though when you're contrasted against people who are just yeah, like top Bruce of Lee the game. and, and, and Jim right? Kelly. Like, you know, Bolo Young is in there. Like, <laughs> you know, you're you're against these just gargantuan, you know, uh, 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 guys in the genre. Like you're not gonna look so great. Um, but it, it was the work for him. And I and I always appreciated his small little role in From Dusk Till Dawn, only because that's also just one of my all-time favorite fucking movies. Um, Beautiful. I remember the first time I saw it, just seeing there, I just cracked up. Like, Yeah, just, I, saw hey, that, man, I saw that in the theater. Did you just come in to do this, like, 10-second read? <laughs> yeah. But that was kind of that's kind of that Tarantino, uh, Robert Rodriguez thing, you know, where it's like they just kind of give these actors, you know, like uh, uh, Michael Parks in the beginning. You know, he lasts like 10 minutes, but he's got like, the best lines ever. You know, <laughs> like it's just like, yep. you know, they, that, and that's the kind of roles that you remember. But yeah, that he was great in that. I, I think the movie I was thinking about it a lot this week. Um, and I always remember him from Ten Tenebrae is one of my favorite movies. I think I saw it as unsane when, you know, the cut version when I was, you know, when I was younger, but uh, he was great in that. But the movie, I think where he was really an interesting character was uh, Cannibal Apocalypse. And uh, he was in uh, Vietnam. Do you remember this movie? He was in Vietnam. Oh, no. And uh, he, they basically have like Jonathan Morgan, who's like his real name is like Giovanni Radici or whatever, the guy from the cannibal movies. They, they get infected with like a cannibal disease in Vietnam and then they get there in Georgia. It's really it's an Italian movie, but they shot it in Atlanta. And he's uh, he's he's great in this movie um, because he starts out as a sort of character that you just identify with. And then he makes his turn at the end. It's really bizarre, but um, it, you didn't expect it. It's, it's a he's he was quite the actor. And then, of course, Black Christmas is, yeah. pro is probably my favorite movie of all time um, as Lieutenant Fuller. So. 
it was just and and I remember uh, going through it was uh, um, on Twitter. You saw these clips, and he was in Six Million Dollar Man. He was uh, he was the guy was, they took his face off. So I feel like when I was yeah. a kid, I saw that episode, and I probably liked him because of that. You know, I probably have recognition when he was that robot character. Yeah, that's just uh, one of those uh, man of a thousand face style actors where you go. My God, in a sense, like that guy was in everything. Like he just cropped, he just cropped up all over the place. You know, for me, it was the same. Like I, I was always a huge fan of Richard Lynch. Yeah, it was another one. Like that dude was just a, a villain and a creep in so many movies. Like, God, that guy was in a ton of ton of fucking movies. Like, oh, you know? he was great. He was terrific. Uh, yeah, he was in. Um, he, you know, he would just play these villain characters, and you know, again. Some of them was like a 10 minute, he'd do a speech and it was the be- best part of the whole movie. And, you know, and then he'd get killed or whatever. And you just walk away being like, that was a good movie just because of him. So, yeah, Richard Lynch, just terrific. Invasion USA, he was in <laughs> all this. Oh, God, things. Invasion USA. I got in it. I got into it today about Invasion USA. Oh, that's really? my That's my favorite Christmas movie. Um, <laughs> well, it works, yeah. Uh, they go to know, the mall. Well, the, yeah, and there and the little girl puts the little star in the tree and everything. Like, you know, of course, then Rostov blows them all up. But that that is my favorite Christmas movie. I watch that movie every year when I'm wrapping present, uh, wrapping presents right around uh, December. Um, and yeah, like I used to always be like that guy. I think maybe this is I'm just talking me personally. Yeah, that guy for me. Second only to maybe Clarence Boddicker is like the biggest badass villain who you aren't like, that guy's a bumbling schlub. How did he get anybody like, man, he actually has a click and operation going. And his biggest thing was just that he didn't leave fucking Chuck Norris alone. Like if you would have left him alone, you might've won, dude. That's true. That's true. Don't mess with Chuck, man. I mean, we know that. Yeah. And he handles his own shit. He doesn't just make his other guys do it. You know, he wants the rocket launcher so he can blow up all the families while they're eating dinner. You know, he <laughs> yes. wants to go out and be and do and be killing. And they're like, no, no, you need to stay. And he's like, no, I'm doing it. Like, I love it, that movie. I love that uh, movie to death. It's uh, one of the greatest cool. action flicks ever made, in my opinion. It's a Golden. It was a Golden Globus uh, production. Great. They made some great movies. I mean, we we all love those movies. Uh, you said Clarence Boddicker. So RoboCop is, I think, is almost a perfect film, frankly. But uh, but Kurtwood Kurtwood Kurt Smith, you know, I gotta I gotta give him credit. I've tagged him a few times on Twitter. Uh, True Believer was a movie with James Woods, and, and that uh, excellent movie, and he plays this uh, DA uh, attorney. Um, and I I think I've tagged him twice, and he likes he'll like it. Like he's watching. You know, it's funny. <laughs> he's yeah. Kurtwood, Kurtwood Smith is cool, man. Nice. He's a cool guy. It's yeah, like, I watched Tahiti Smith. I think is his Twitter handle. Is it really? Yeah. I watched. I watched. Um, it's a movie with uh, was it, uh, John Hurt. It's 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 <laughs> there's a, another guy who's been in everything. <laughs> right. It, it, it's that it, one it, movie it, with John Hurt. <laughs> yeah, that one. I mean, like with about two zeros after it. He, uh, you know. Kurtwood Smith plays like uh, some central intelligence, whatever guy. It's kind of a cold, cold war movie. I, I totally can't remember the name of it, but uh, 
God, he was just the perfect quintessential G-man cop guy in so many of those movies. Or he was a vicious creep. Like, and just, like you say, it's another one of those things where you go, yeah, I know that there's the star and whatever, but I want to go back to watching him. Like, yeah, when's he coming back? Right? Like, when's he coming back? More dialogue from that guy. Like, so, you know, I wrote on Twitter one time, I said, you know, what would be a cool uh, TV show, like on Netflix or something, would be, uh, would be a movie or a show called Boddicker. And it's about his, would be his rise to power in Detroit. You know, like, how did he become, how did he become friends with Dick Jones? And, you know, right. and, it, and so I wrote this thing and like some people liked it and he, I tagged him and he's like, yeah, I like it. I'm like, okay, I feel like I got the endorsement of- uh, What a great Curtis idea, Smith. right? Like, yeah. I, I don't understand. Okay, so <clears throat> I don't understand. I don't understand this in a sense. Like I, I do. I I understand why Hollywood does these remakes, especially since right now, basically their industry is near in the toilet and they're wondering how they're going to survive. But I think about them doing these remakes for stuff. And I'm always like, yeah, but the problem is when you do a remake, you you're now just going to be so tempered and tested against the original material. Right. If you thought about something like this idea of Boddicker, okay, fine. So now you can capitalize on the name, you can capitalize on the legacy, but you can also do your own thing and leave that alone. Yeah. And hey, what also a great story. You could have the initial attempts, at, I don't know, maybe robots or whatever, yep. or the initial struggles that the police department yep. had. I mean, there's a, there's a million stories yeah, you can so, tell there. So my, the idea was that, you know, it's almost like in, it, would, it would be stealing from uh, Breaking Bad. So a big, big Breaking Bad fan and I like uh, Better Call Saul. So it's like Better Call Saul, you know where it ends up, right? Right. But, but uh, like it would be the same thing. Like basically Boddicker would break bad and you find out how that all happened. So the reason that he hates, he, there's a line in there where he says, you know, the police, uh, uh, I don't like the police and the police don't like me. Right. And, and I think, and the whole idea was that the police in Detroit were corrupt. And what would end up happening is that that's why there was a lot of um, push against the police and, and uh, get rid of the police unions. And it's actually kind of timely. I thought about this yeah. before, what we're doing right. now, like what's happening now. But, um, yeah, it would be like that's why the corporations were hired to replace the police because there was corruption, and then they, they cross him and they make him into the villain character he is, and he's got like a, a partner is a bad cop, and then you, of course you you can end up having how do they meet his gang? Like that was a, that's kind of a, that was a, kind of an eclectic gang, right? Like how did he meet Emil gang. and all those guys? Like those are all like from you know, Ray Wise was you know one of them. Yeah. Gangs. like. Um, but yeah, like how would that all have happened and how did that all come together? Because, uh, frankly, the movie's pretty perfect the way it is. So don't remake it. Like, just like bring back some of the characters from some of these great movies, you know, put them in prequels or sequels or whatever, kind of like Gene Hackman. And the, he came back from the, the conversation character in Enemy of the State. Like, bring those characters back. Like, that's that's what I want to say. I, and I and I don't know why they don't do it because you you can kind of get the best of both worlds in that regard. You can avoid yeah. the screaming about you you ruined a movie that I liked that was a perfect movie, but you get 
the established setting. You get the established kind of fan. Like, you get all of the positives with the none, none of the negatives, as far as I'm concerned. That's why I don't, under, I don't understand why they have don't. You, have you ever seen any good remake? Like, what, what remakes do you think were, were worthwhile or, or good? Well, if we're, if we're not bound by new remakes, I'll say that I like the remake of Night of the Living Dead better than the original by yeah. by a substantial margin. Yeah. Um, the remake of that to me is, uh, in a sense, perfect for what it is. I think yeah. that's just absolutely incredible. I didn't mind <coughs> the remake of Dawn of the Dead either. Yeah, to be I like honest, yeah. I I still think the original is much better. But as far as a remake goes, not bad. I don't know if you want to consider the remake of. I don't know if you want to consider the thing necessarily a remake of the original because in terms of the movies, they're like totally they're cool. not even close. Yeah. I mean, they might as well be apple juice and orange juice. Um, but the most uh, the 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 example of the most crushing defeat of the original by the remake for me has to be the blob. Yes. Because the original yes. blob is so silly. Yes. That you are the, dead on. That's the first one I thought of is the blob. No, we don't talk about the blob 1988. Oh, you're dead on, man. Because the blob 1988, that's one of the people always have these. Well, oh who would win? You know, like, like Freddie or Michael Myers. I'm like, the blob. blob. The blob wins every time. Tom kicks ass, man. Because if you don't do what they do in the blob, everything loses like that's exactly that's right planetary game over like the, the blob is so good and yeah you're right it's like and and all the roles were switched you know they you know they had you know the kevin dylan character it was it was the leads were different you know obviously shawnee smith in, in their heyday you know uh, she's badass oh in my god too. she's and yeah exactly she was uh sort of on the uh sort of on the uh, the edge of that sort of you know female heroine tough female female heroine character and she was a cheerleader so with that was funny too like like everything got they actually turned everything on its head rather than remaking it which i think yeah. made it more you know made it more interesting and uh just i mean the action in that film is top notch like in the effects I mean, let's are, even just talk about amazing. her for a minute so yeah. that that's one of those movies where when the shit initially hits the fan, okay, she doesn't she doesn't buy into the oh, I was just seeing things, whatever. Yeah. She's initially very straightforward about it. And I love the fact that she knows the other guy saw it too. She doesn't pull some big oh woe is me, whatever yep. thing. She immediately in the middle of the night is like, fuck this, jumps out the window, leaves tracks his ass down and then is like hey look you know what he gives her attitude and then she's like hey man i don't need this fucking shit yeah, from exactly. you either i just saw this dude get turned into a pile of uh a pile of dog food yep. fucking in front of me so like cut the shit you know like okay yeah great i'm a cheerleader at school i got problems like anyone else and you know what mr moody like you want to be moody <laughs> then fucking really help me get through this shit and like there aren't a lot of movies that have a thing like that where the person doesn't go to water or act weird or, well, maybe I did just imagine it. They could have made that where she spends the whole rest of the movie 
wondering about no she's on the fucking front lines and yeah, talk about just you know the defense of her brother and everything else like goes total fucking commando yeah, yeah she's, she's and then great. her her and brian flag unlikely unlikely two to be together but it works perfect he's yeah, a creepo dude. looking dude fucking <laughs> yeah. badass right like <laughs> you know Jeffrey DeMunn is the Jeffrey cop. Jeffrey DeMunn, yeah. Great, be like you know? a one-legged man in an ass-kicking contest. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's so likable, and he's like, yes. and then all of a sudden, you know, you know, we know what happens. You know, you're like, damn, no. Candy Clark and him, they had a little repartee going. Right. You thought they were going to be together, and he, well, they, yeah, they, you they thought you figure he's going to be the hero, yeah. right? It's going to end all these with the two of them. Nope. Yeah. And the oh, effects yeah. are on point. The music is fucking on yeah, point. The practical oh, effects. Man, I'm gonna watch point. this. I'm gonna. I, gotta put this in. <laughs> I mean, that 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 movie to me again, uh, especially for being made when it was made, the effects still hold up. It's badass. I absolutely love that movie all the way down to the to the ending too. You know, yeah. sort of the cryptic end. Just what a what an absolute masterpiece. Where, I mean, God, at that point, you look at the original and go. Not really many right. redeeming qualities about the where you know some you're like well they did this better in the original <laughs> I look at the original and go nope no there's nothing just forget it there's like, nothing it. better I mean I know they talk about Steve McQueen but you know that was just him getting a SAG card you know like right. he wasn't he was like nobody back then but yeah the Blob oh man I'm so glad you said that because I think that's the one that people don't talk about enough but when it comes to sort of the the delta between you know the original and the remake. There's that's the widest one for me. Oh yeah, it's you know? leagues like, apart. Like Dawn of the Dead and Dawn of the Dead. You're like, they're good. They're both good, right? You know, Dawn yeah. of the Dead. That's still better. The '78, but like you know, Night of the Living Dead. You know, the, the unfortunate thing about that is apparently Tom Savini hates that. Hated that movie. Did you know that? Yeah, if you watch the I watched uh, the Smoke and Mirrors thing. Yeah, uh, Angoria or yeah, Angoria thing. Yeah. yeah, he didn't. He he wasn't. He wasn't happy with it. Yeah. I I loved. It. I, thought I thought it was, it was great. great. I feel bad. Like it made me feel bad when he said yeah. that. I guess he's come to terms with it. If you watch the if you watch that documentary, yeah. but he was going through a hard time in his life and all that. But but yeah, the, uh, man, the Blob. Wow. That that for me. I guess talk about the Blob for hours, you know, man. Every every aspect of that movie from top to bottom is leagues superior to the original and not even close. Um, and even on a horror movie scale, nobody's safe. I mean, American films don't off kids, you know, and they off a kid in that movie. Oh, dude. Like, oh man, in now that's spectacular fashion. Yeah, no he's, well, they don't, you know, if they if they get off a kid, they don't show it. They show it. They just melt. That kid's just melting. Oh, yeah. He, um, they turn him into so no, a fucking bottle of... Yeah. He gets reduced into a bottle of shampoo. Like, that. I mean, total <laughs> abject meltdown in that. And then and then neat little touches, too, later on, where you want to talk about just attention to detail in the effects crew. There's a shot near the end where they're fighting and shooting the blob, okay? And at one point, there's this general guy in... He he knows the blob is gonna kill him, so he pulls these pins oh, no, on yeah. his grenade. Yeah, and then later on, you see the two little flashes <laughs> yeah. in the gel. It does nothing, right? Yeah, it does like, nothing. Which just underlines how horrifying that thing is. Like you are fucked. Like that thing is just gonna disintegrate oh the planet. You're done. Like, 
God, what a what a that's genius. Just, that is one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. And in terms of remakes, I'm always like, not all the time are they always worse. They yeah. can be way better. But you know, to me, that's the the ultimate is finding a movie that's not that great, and then and that's when you that's when you maybe do a reboot or a re you know a remake. Unfortunately, that's not what the studios want. The studios want something that has a fan base that can they can you know sell the same product to over and over again and that's what we're getting a lot of i mean black christmas we were talking about i haven't seen the new one. i don't think i'll ever see the new one i just don't have that in me i tried to watch the 2006 version or version of it and i didn't get it like the movie just didn't get it it wasn't terrible but it was just didn't understand the whole reason that black christmas existed you know the whole mystery of the killer but um, and they did it twice. They've remade Blair Witch Project. I mean, it's it's weird, really bizarre. Harrison Smith uh, recently talked about this on his podcast and was talking oh, about yeah. oh, remakes. And and that's what he said. He goes, you know, if you're going to remake these movies, I don't know why they don't remake kind of the kind of crappy movies. Yeah. You know, I don't know why they aren't remake. Like, to me, I, I look at a lot of those films that either didn't have the effects, casting, or location budget, and you remake some of those, because some of some of my favorite movies, and I imagine a lot of people would go, eh, well, that's just, you know, cheesy, whatever, garbage. But the Albert Pune movie, Nemesis. Yeah. Now, I, I feel like oh, the Nemesis yeah. series kind of loses its way a little bit, but that first Nemesis movie... And you want to talk about, so you, know, you talked about like a, a prequel or a series of Boddicker. Dude, you could have had a series on Nemesis of him yeah. basically hunting these, these, and you know, these robots down, you know, and what a cool idea for a character too. He's been slowly replaced with robot parts, yeah, but weird. then that girl that's with him, she's still human and you could have their whole dialogue and interaction. I mean, why not remake movies like that? Yeah. You know, why not, why not remake, you know, re, you know, if you, if you want to show, uh, badass chicks and movies, why don't you remake China O'Brien, you know, remake that with fucking Gina Carano or whomever, right? right? Like, they, they, you know, they, Ronda Rousey they, or something. Yeah they, yeah. they try to take these other movies and like retrofit this other stuff into them. Like those movies were always there. Yeah, they're, they're always there. there. You That's just exactly didn't watch right. them. But fucking me and my, you know, me and my friends, we used to watch yeah, we, these movies. Yeah. And we well, used to wait. watch the, the chicks kick ass, and we were like, "My God, that's so badass!" Yeah, like, I mean, I mean, uh, you know, if Ro Cynthia Rothrock was kicking ass way before it was like, "Hey, make a movie, write a movie about chicks kick kicking ass." You know, no, I'm not no offense to those movies, but she did it before it was you know like anybody even mentioned it because she could. She and was they amazing. Treat it like, and they treat it like when they make one of these movies now, they treat it like it's the first time there's yeah. been a woman lead who was the... No. Like, no, you just... Yeah. You're, you're like, you're talking out of your ass. You never watched any of this stuff. Cynthia Rothrock has been badass since yeah. before you were born. So... <laughs> I would yeah. I would totally watch a remake of China O'Brien. Uh, right? Yeah. yeah those, Rage and Honor. Rage and Honor with Richard... You know? Yeah, yeah, Marshall Outlaw, yes. Right? She and yeah. Richard Norton and all those Richard movies Norton. that they did together. Great chemistry. Uh, you know, he had the one, what's it called? Uh, it's like, uh, 
I can't remember the name. It's like Out of Time or something. He owns this bar or club. <laughs> That's and the people- that movie is so good. It's like a <laughs> film noir. He's it like is. A, isn't, he, isn't he like a uh, ex hockey player that went to yeah. jail or something? Like yeah, and he has buddy got him in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> and he is the club, and he's always beating that one guy's ass with the ponytail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, what a great fucking flick. Again, remake these movies if you're going to remake shit. Like, I don't know. I, you know. Yeah, it's like, uh, what's her name? Kathy. Oh, what's the. She was Kathy a, Young? Like, kickboxer. Yeah, Kathy Long. Long. Yeah, she was in that, right? And she kicked. And she was another one kicking ass before right. anybody had to tell, tell us to do that. And so, yeah. Another Albert Pune movie, Knights. They have this whole right. thing about Land- the Land- end of the world. With these vampiric robots, and you have Chris Christopherson. This is so bizarre. Badass Gabriel robot, and all these weird fights with wire work and shit all over the place. Kathy Long in an action sequence where it's very clear that they show you the same footage shot from a different angle. It's the same guy getting beat down on the same. You're like, wait a minute, I just saw that. Like, and then you get to the end, and you're like, it doesn't. It doesn't really end because this oh. other. Well, and here's a spoiler for you if you're going to watch Knights. Uh, close. Plug your you ears. Sure? Yeah. Spoiler. Sure, you want to yeah, spoil Knights? You know, we'll see you at Cyborg City. The guy flies off, and, and you never get the resolution because they were going to make sequels and they never got the funding, so they I didn't. I feel like that was a theme of Albert Puyan is that you know you're you're having a good time, you love his movies, and then the last act. It's like they just run out of money. Like I think he's yeah. just very ambitious, and I think he actually said I saw an interview with one time that he admitted like a couple of his movies they just ran out of money and they had to just stop them. I don't think Knights was one of them, but but Knights felt like it was like, oh, are we going to get a Cyborg series. City again? That could have been a whole. That could have been. Yeah. That could be a Netflix or Amazon show about him tracking that guy down and helping these other cities rebuild, blah, 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 blah. You know, like Banshee, but fucking with robots. Like fucking, like- you know, cyborgs versus the human level shit. And he always has said that he has like a fascination with like cyborgs and androids and that sort of stuff. I was like, man, I always thought those movies were cool, but it was yeah. very clear he did not have the budget. Have the budget. Or, or, you know, like... And they try their best. I, I think Nemesis is probably the best of them. Uh, you know, Olivier Gruner Olivier. does a phenomenal job in that movie. And uh, God, it was another guy. You know, he's in he's in a whole bunch of these action <laughs> sort of these, you know, these action flicks. And when you paw through them, you watch them, they're entertaining as fuck. And if you're going to remake some of those, you remake, you know, like, if you're going to remake movies, Remake some of those and shave those kind of jagged edges off them a little bit. But the stories I actually always thought were pretty entertaining. Yep. Right? You know? I agree. I, that's, I think that's what they have to do. But, uh, again, it's, it's about sort of carrying the, the audience. They probably use the analytics to figure out, you know, who's got, the, who's got the movie that people will come to see more of. And that's how the investors work. Because, as you said, the industry set up that way. But... The good news is the low-budget movies that we like, they always make money, <laughs> so they can right. be creative with those. But, yeah. I think about that, and I think about, like, for example, The Mandalorian, and I don't know how much that technology cost to shoot that and make that the way that they did, but I think about that for, again, remaking some of these. Like, if you are going to remake the movie Nights, 
you know, the way that they clearly wanted these shanty towns and stuff to be to, to, to be displayed and depicted, you could absolutely do that with the same sort of sets. I mean, you could shoot that as a piggyback on the back of another episode of like that. Reuse the same skins yeah. that you skin. Just have people running around doing some kung fu shit. Like done. You know who's gonna who's gonna know who's gonna care? That's like, true. You know. I mean, that's so how studios I, are gonna be. They're just yeah, they're just green screens and effects. So yeah, just re reuse know, that. So I'll I'll take it. I'll yeah, watch it. Put, you put some boxes and stuff down around on the ground so the actors have stuff to interact with. You find a location that's semi-suitable, and then the stuff that would be super expensive, you green screen it in. So I don't know. I, you know, it's 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 very fun to have somebody to talk about this stuff with because, to be honest, I I have some old school friends that are that are into this sort of stuff too. But a lot of my other friends that I talk to, by and large, they don't really, you know, <laughs> they weren't as into this. Uh, level of letters below a in terms of their cinema uh that i was and uh you know i always appreciate that ha having somebody to, to talk about this stuff with but going back to your other your question earlier about yeah. sequels and or uh, uh remakes so to put that question back to you and if you can't pick the blob uh. what do you think is is the best example of that, and then and then possibly the worst. I mean, it's the blob. It's it's definitely the blob, and I can't pick it. So, um, and you said Dawn of the Dead. Those are kind of the the two that come to my mind um, when it comes to remakes. So I'm going to be pretty boring with that one. I just I think that the first 15 minutes of Dawn of the Dead, the new 2004, I think it's 2004, is some of the best. Is one of the best openings in any horror movie you'll ever see. When they, you know, right before, agree. right before they get to, she gets to the. In fact, I wish that lasted longer. You know, like right. she, you know, escaping the uh, the neighborhood in suburbia, just folding the way it did so quickly. Can, you know, can I interrupt for a moment? Yeah, go for it. That is what I thought the series Fear of the Walking Dead was going to be. I had thought that that yeah. series was going to be basically that first fifteen minutes from that movie. And I was like, yeah. this is going to be the best motherfucking thing ever. Yeah. Instead, we got the, the yacht. watery diarrhea <laughs> that has been that show on and off. Uh, but, man, and even, even when they initially get to the mall is awesome. Yeah. But then when they get too established and you get the other people and stuff there, it, it, to me, it loses that it's initial desperation sort of charm. That I'm really looking for. And I and again, I don't know why other movies haven't capitalized on that. I feel like they just don't get it. I agree. I mean, that's it's that, you know, again, it, they could have um, you know, Zack Snyder was I think people were he was pretty vilified for even trying, you know, the sort of I'm a hardcore Dawn of the Dead fan. I mean, I, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. And I remember when they were remaking it, like, no, you don't, don't I was one of those people. But have an open mind. If you have an open mind, you'll definitely see that's that movie's great. And they, the one character, CJ, I think it is, in that movie. Like, yeah. I love that character because, you know, he goes out so badass. Like, you know, he starts out. And I love the characters that start out as a villain and then they sort of change, you know, they, their arc is toward good, you know. And so having a character like that, I think, was really made that pretty. I mean, there's, there's a lot of good characters, but his character to me is one of my favorites in that movie because he just was. Was it Michael Kelly? 
think so. I can't that, remember his name, yeah. but he's just, I love him in that fucking movie. Yeah. He's just perfect yeah. in that movie. Um, as far as bad remakes, oh my gosh. What have I actually tried to watch? Unfortunately, I kind of skip them. Like, I have not seen the Robocop. Don't. Uh, Please remake. don't. Like, I try to skip them. I have not seen the Evil Dead one. I've heard that's actually not that bad. Um, man, I'm trying to think. The Black Christmas one that I did see was not good. Um, I would say give the... I would say give the Evil Dead remake a shot. There's okay. only two thi- only two sort of things about that I didn't like. Number one, one of my least favorite movie tropes ever, that every time I see it, I literally shout and yell out into the room, which is the shooting the nail gun as a weapon. It, do- it doesn't work that way. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. It does not. Stop doing it. Find another weapon, people. Get the fuck out of here. They don't work like... They, they rigged so it, right? They took the little thing off, the little safety thing. Oh, they no, who needs off. to worry about that? They just t- <laughs> It's like, did the guy not have that on there? He decided to just take that off because it was easier? Like, no. And besides of which, you can't shoot a nail like that. It doesn't work. Like, uh... And then the the ending of it is just kind of weak. It, it's another case of, <laughs> you know, they drum up this huge like end of the world kind of scenario thing, and then when it when when it kind of comes to the confrontation, it just felt very, eh. Yeah. So not a complete miss the mark. It's decent enough. I I would I would say check it out. It's not that bad. It's it's pretty it's pretty solid. Um, what do you think i haven't seen i mean again i kind of avoid the robocop remake made me want to leave the beach the ghostbusters remake uh Uh, made me want to close the beach (laughs) uh so those two in my mind are the two biggest at least recent glaring examples of yeah, had no idea why people liked the originals, did you? Because you missed, yeah, you missed every single aspect of all of them. <laughs> you know what was a good one, though? That uh, Here's a good one that uh, no one talks about, because they, they probably feel like a little bit of guilt. It's Piranha. Yeah. Piranha's a good movie, man. I love Piranha. Like, it's it's not the original, dude. Oh, I, it's, it's hey, yeah. Great. I mean, I, I, like I hate Piranha. to say that, but it's got, you know, the original has Dick Smith in it and some other, you know, some of our favorites. I'm sorry, Dick Miller, not Dick Smith. Um, but, um, yeah, Piranha, what a well... Alexander Aha is just... I, I don't think I've seen anything that I haven't liked that he's done. Is so, that Jason Bateman that was the guy on the boat in that oh, movie, too? Like the... It's, uh, oh, my gosh. It's, no, uh, it's him. He was the kid who... He's ah, in Charlie. Yeah, he's in Sliders. Yeah, what's his name? Oh, Jerry O'Connell? Jerry O'Connell. Oh, you Jerry got O'Connell. it. Where'd that come from? Where'd that come from? That was hidden back there. <laughs> he's so good. His character, he's so good. Like, no matter what you think of Jerry O'Connell and any other role he's been, I mean, he was like in Stand By Me, right? He was the the the, the pudgy kid, right? And his he is so... I mean, the fact that his dying words are wet t-shirt is... Is like the best, right? The best final word. Like that's what I want to say when I, when I go. Yourself, out. Man. <laughs> oh yeah, piranha. I like that pick. Piranha's good. That's nice. 
I will say that is uh, that is a I believe the the remake superior to the original. Yeah. Another movie I would love to see them try and remake, especially in this current climate, especially if you kept it very close to the source material. And it's a good thing that probably a lot of people don't listen to or watch this podcast because <laughs> I would get probably just roasted over this. Humanoids from the Deep. Oh, great movie. What the, what the fuck? <laughs> Why would you get roasted? That movie's brilliant. You, you don't want to remake that. I, I brought that up with anything. Here's here's what my oh, it's a it beautiful like, film. We were talking about something, and my my buddy goes, "Is that the movie with the fish rape?" Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, yes. I mean, yes, they don't know any. You know, they're from the deep. They they're lonely. They they don't know what's going on. You know that ending. So yeah, of the reasons why I love that movie, that ending sequence is so contrary to how that shit normally goes, which is all of a sudden the monsters just go ape shit and yeah. just they go from being near nobody believes they're real to they just bust up in the middle of the public and just start tearing parts off and eating people. It's crazy. It's an all out. It's just that chaotic. They're having like the, the scene where uh, what's uh, Miss Fish America, like Miss Salmon, uh, you know, you know, that scene, that's a great scene. Um, uh, I forget the actress's name. She was also in screwballs. That's all I remember. Um, but yeah, and then they have, you know, again, that's uh, the Roger, it's Roger Corman, but it, it's not, it doesn't come off as hokey. No. It's, it's not like a Roger Corman movie where you're kind of like laughing at it. It's like, you're like, wow, this is actually kind of brutal, like. And disturbing. Yeah, it's disturbing. Yeah. But I don't think you'd get roasted. I think you'd be, you know, appreciated for that. That I think they did remake that. On like Showtime or something. Like, think I feel like they remade it for like cable. I don't know. I'd have to look that up. So like I might be imagining this. Right, <laughs> like so... hoping. <laughs> please, 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 there. Come them. on. Um, if you could, so we I've had this conversation with uh, several people, and I'm like, all right, so you get you get carte blanche to remake a movie of your choice and you get to remake it now we'll we'll say with with a decent budget you're not getting you know you're not getting 800 million dollars to remake it but you're given a budget where you can for the most part pick yeah maybe your maybe your own choice of actors whatever but if you if you could remake one and maybe not even just to make money, but because you would want to see the remake, what would you make? So that's tough. I'd have to. And there could be a million I, of them. I'm let just let me let me just... let me name something that comes to mind, just because it's such an old movie, and probably a lot not a lot of people have seen it. But I have to say, I saw it recently, and it's because you get. I I, I admit, I'm one of those people. It's a black and white movie. I get a little bit like, yeah, is this going to be any good? You know, um, and it, I shouldn't be that way. Uh, it's called The Sadist. Have you seen this movie? No. It's Arch Arch Hall Jr. So that like, there's a um, he was an actor and a, a filmmaker, and he was kind of famous for a movie called Ega which is like one of the worst movies ever made. It was like uh, 
he was a caveman. There's like so he's really has a terrible like reputation as a like almost like a manos hands of fate type uh, filmmaker. But everything goes right in this movie. It's called The Sadist, and it's it's one of those movies like Reservoir Dogs where I feel like Tarantino probably saw The Sadist because it's very much it's very claustrophobic. The whole movie is in one's place. It's in a junkyard. And these people are going to a Dodgers game, and they end I gotta, up being. I gotta see this now. Yeah, they end up being. Um, uh, they they have car trouble, and they there's a, a guy on the loose with his girlfriend, his like teenage girlfriend, like she's like fourteen or so. It's crazy, like, and he's crazy, and he's just a lunatic, and he just he just tortures them, and it's a black and white. It's old movie, so they're all it's like beatniks, you know. They're like, you don't expect that type of. Um, intense it's just intense and then what the characters actually do in the movie you can kind of relate to again it's kind of like that we talked last time like i like when care i hate when characters do stuff that you're like why did you why don't you just run like just run straight you know like the the sadist is great great movie see yeah see i don't mind panic i don't mind people making irrational choices i got in like a, a a drag down like fight with somebody over a uh walking dead episode where they they pulled like the who i was like but that person is in the middle of a situation that you that you're not in so we're here in the safety of our chairs that person is in the midst of this full-blown i mean the un, the dead are coming back to life they've seen these people like yeah, frame you, of you mind, don't know man. what you would do it's, it's frame of mind when yeah. your shit starts to crack like you're gonna but then there's some things where you just go no nobody would do that like yeah nobody would do that that's just and when they do those that's where it just really pulls me out you know what i'm saying that's right yeah the relation like like, you're right i I like how you you nuance that because it is the panic thing we don't know what would happen i remember one time there was an i we don't have many earthquakes down here but i remember being at, at in my office and we just had like uh three floors or whatever i was on the third floor and there was an earthquake and i go oh and i start and i start booking toward you know like, i'm like george costanza pushing over the, like with the fire like you know, pushing people over run. and then i, I get I out of the way and i go outside and i'm like I, I i'm so like this is this is how i that's really who i am like is that really who i am deep down so you don't know how you're gonna react Especially in some of the the conditions in the these movies that they put these poor people in, so yeah, well, yeah, they're meant to be these situations that are, you know, breaking level situations. So when the people act the way that you wouldn't expect a person who is rational and calm to act, like that's part of the point, dude. Right. Um, you know, like you say though, on the flip side, you have people where you're like, nobody would do that. Nobody would do that. Nobody would hear a sound in this dripping cave or be like, I'm going to go in there and check that out myself with no <laughs> flashlight or weapons or whatever, along with the news report I just heard on the radio about an escaped cave killer. Like, <laughs> like what, what are you doing? No, come on. Like, really? In your writing repertoire, that's all you could think of to make that person go in there? No. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I agree. It's like, uh, there, there's a certain, there's a fine line, especially once things have been established and people know what's actually happening. 
um, some of the some of the choices people make in horror movies. But they make the horror movies, you know, convenient. And they make them work, and cell phones don't, you know, cell phone service doesn't work, so that that makes the horror movie work. So can I can I so can I soapbox for just a yes, moment? sir. Of course. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to remain very calm while I deliver this. The worst, and I could go on for a very long time about this, but the worst example that I saw of that recently was Stranger Things Season 3, which was very cool because I love the Radio Shack era, but on the same token, that movie had some of the worst, sloppiest, inconsistent, Dopey writing for the characters that I think I have seen. Really? In so if people are unfamiliar with that, or yeah, I actually stopped watching after season one, so I have not seen two or three. But I've heard they're not bad. But I just it's just I mean, season three was was cute in terms of seeing them recreate the eighties. Otherwise, it was terrible. Wow. So you're telling me that this group of kids who has now, for three seasons of a show, encountered these killer death monsters. None of them carry any weapons whatsoever. And I'm not even talking about them walking around with, like, some fucking squad automatic machine gun. <laughs> I'm talking about they don't even have a baseball bat or a pocket knife or even a fucking flashlight. Like, look. <laughs> When I was a dorky-ass, dopey little kid, I always had a flashlight because they were the coolest. Well, well we had or, camper shorts with little chains, little hooks. Yeah! <laughs> well, one kid goes to a camp and, he, like, and he, you don't even have a pocket knife. Get out of town. Then they encounter the monsters and they still don't get any weapons. Come on, you're telling me at that point you wouldn't have at least went to a hardware store and got an axe oh or God. something or anything? Nah, Nah, just uh, I got my backpack with like a oh look I've I've got a I've got a old yoo-hoo or whatever. Like, <laughs> this is ridiculous. The chief of police goes to investigate some building that he knew was a government-controlled lab where they were creating monsters, potentially infiltrated by a Russian double agent, and he brings a six-shooter. He brings his police issue six shooter well, and a shitty flash. You fucking moron! Well, who we're, the we're, fuck we're... would do that? <laughs> yeah, and I'm not saying again that the guy needs to bring military grade hardware, well, but at least a shotgun I mean, or back something. Then, nah. Back then, nah. you could have gotten it. You could have gotten it. Like it was, you could buy that stuff. Oh my god, <laughs> that was just the worst. Now I want to watch it, dude. Watch it. Watch it. Watch it for the. You fool! Aspect. Just I couldn't stand it. Oh my god! I was like, "This is the this is the worst." I nobody would do this. Nobody would act like this. I don't care how cute they are. They're not even necessarily. They're not even necessarily kids. Aren't they, at that aren't they point. getting old? They're getting old. Aren't they like my age now. <laughs> like, yeah, isn't that what happens to child actors? kids like thirty-seven <laughs> or something. They start, they, start, they start looking a little bit strange, like. Maybe right? that's the Stranger Things. Like, child actors always grow up and they look weird. Not sure what's like, going on. Like you've, encountered, you've encountered monsters that almost kill. Like, you, you encountered the darkness 
and none of you have learned to fight. Nah, I don't. I'm not going to learn nothing. I'm just going to continue to be a scrawny, pasty. Look, get out of town. That's why we love Ash Williams. Because, you know, he starts out in Evil Dead. He's a schmuck. You know? <laughs> and then Evil Dead 2 is basically a reboot. He's a schmuck. Changes into, you know, gets his hand cut off. And then he's a, a chainsaw-wielding uh, awesome dude. And then he's leading armies against the undead. You know, and progressively more more like capable of defending himself but uh, it sounds like that's not happening in stranger things no that it's, telling me? it's it's not no mm, that's too bad <laughs> that's too and with bad. and with that fiery rant over <laughs> uh i think we will conclude yet another just riveting talk with my man phil the glass <laughs> flixology 101 Cheers, as always. Make sure you check out his website. Uh, show him some love. Tell him what you think about his articles. Have some drinks. Watch some flicks. Interact with us on Twitter. Uh, we're always looking for something silly and goofball to talk about. And uh, I'm sure we will do this again sometime soon. Uh, once again, check out Flexology101.com uh, for his website. You can look for the Cigar Goyle Lounge podcast on pretty much everywhere that you can get podcasts uh and that being said man uh signing off it was it's been Always great a pleasure it was a ton of fun cheers, right. my friend. cheers. good seeing you cigar and, going on uh, as always that will be the end of that